You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. So we're on episode 21. We're doing this on a Sunday. It's exciting. All celebratory. Yeah, it is celebratory. (laughs) Brittany's all fancy and important I'm now. I'm important now. I, ooh, my iPad. I'm important now and I'm throwing my technology. Yeah, because she can. <laughs> Fuck you. My, what are you going to do about it? Um, I Complain was, to the manager? You can't. Oh, spoil. Oh, oh, that's the main thing I want to do. Just want someone to be like, I want to speak to your manager. I'm the manager, bitch. <laughs> Even though everyone will know, because studios are different than like a fucking store. But Still. I was surprised yesterday and totally unprepared, and I got promoted to studio manager at my gym that yeah. I work at. Yeah, <laughs> uh, my my fitness studio I work at. So I'm super excited. So now not only a professional podcaster, but <laughs> a studio manager as well. <laughs> we'll see. Moving <laughs> on up in the world. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully it'll crash and burn. <laughs> yeah, so a little celebratory on 21. Yeah. Clink. Now we're old enough to drink. And our podcast is officially old enough to drink as well. <laughs> so it's good times. Today we're having Corona premieres, which are semi-new. They have lesser oh. calories and lesser carbs, but... All Corona's semi taste the same. Just make sure you just make sure you put the fucking lime in it so it doesn't taste like piss and you're all good. We're here for yeah, and I've been like craving a fucking Corona for like months, but every single time I went to like get one, they were like, "We don't have limes," and I'm like, "Then I can't drink it." (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah, (laughs) it should come with a lime like attached to it. Yeah, it really should. Literally, they should sell like a six pack with a lime well, with the lime. to it. Yeah, Which charge so me good. an extra fifty cents. I don't fucking care. And, like a fucking pocket knife, yeah. so I can bring it on a picnic. Yeah, right. Pocket knife that has a bottle opener on <gasps> the other side. We should invent that. This is the best. I'm emailing Corona as soon as we fucking finish this. All right. So episode 21, we're doing something a little uh, oops, special today. I almost just took that down. Took my beer down. Almost. It's okay. Everything's good. We're and fine. Everything's safe. fine. I'm Bernie Petrino. I'm Martha Bartlett. And this is But First, Let's, Let's Talk Nerdy. Clink. Clink is so different. I know. I know. When you have those glass bottles. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So we're going to do some DC Marvel counterparts. Yes, we are. Martha, you came up with it. I did. So you can tell everyone what it's going to be. Yes. So we are going to do uh, Teen Titans versus the Young Avengers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So we're not doing like a legit, like this is Teen Titans and this is uh, Young Avengers and going back and forth on, we're each just talking, we're each going to talk about them. And then at the end we can kind of, or interject on comparisons as throughout. All right. So today is 21. Mm -hmm. So I go first. Yep. Next time we do one of these joint episodes, we'll have to make sure we do it on an even episode. So you can go first. (laughs) Because I went first. I mean, going first on the other one made sense because I think Gwen Stacy, I had to go first. So today I am doing Teen Titans 
Yeah, which is super, which is weird because I, I don't did a dance it. and then you can't, you can't see it. But, but if you know, out of the twenty other episodes, if I do a comic character so far, say, it's always been Marvel. You're like first. This DC? is my first DC, other than our fucking oh. failed first episode attempt. Mm-hmm. The lost episode. The lost episode that you will never hear. <laughs> Unless you want to pay money for it, in which case maybe we'll, we'll do that. Hook you up. But then you'll be paying money for the worst shit. And I was going to say, would you like bad. to pay money for something bad? Because we can do that for you. <laughs> I got you. All right. I think it's, I, it is funny that my very first one was going to be DC and then I've never done DC. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every every time I hit comics, it's always Marvel. I am a Marvel girl, but I do enjoy DC. And out of the two groups, I do enjoy Teen Titans more. I know more about them. I, you know, they're... Teen Titans yes. has way more history. Yes. Because they, yes. Young Avengers starts in fucking 2005. Yes. So, I'm not gonna go into straight exactly what I'm talking about with the Teen Titans. I'm gonna go through some basic stuff, and then, like you just said, there's so much more history, so I did have to pick something specific to go with, because it can be crazy otherwise. So my sources, an article on um, IGN Network by Jesse Schneedine. Sorry, Jesse. (laughs) My apologies. An article on DCComics.com by Meg Downing, Fandom, Wikipedia, and then the actual comics. Mm-hmm. God, Teen Titans has so many good I fucking know. comics. I know. Teen Titans is so good. They have so many good characters. It's got a lot of good storylines. Like, one, I like how we chose the, like, sidekicks as opposed to being like, you think you're going to get No. But I, I definitely like the Teen Titans way better than I like the Justice League. Oh. So. Yeah. No, I feel like that's very fair. Mm-hmm. They have so many good fucking yeah. characters. Mm-hmm. Like, they're really well-written yeah. characters. They're interesting. Yeah. The Teen Titans, fictional superhero team found in the DC universe. As the group's name suggests, the members are teenage superheroes, many of whom have been sidekicked to DC's A-list superheroes in the Justice League. <laughs> the original team becomes uh, ends up growing up, and then they end up becoming the Titans, obviously, because they mm-hmm. aren't teenagers anymore. Well, uh, the Teen Titans name is continued because subsequent generations end up taking over as the younger heroes. The first appearance was in 1964 in the Brave and the Bold, number 54. And the team was formed by Kid Flash, who was Wally West, Robin, Dick Grayson, and Aqualad, who was Garth at the time, before adopting the name Teen Titans in issue 60 with the addition of Wonder Girl, who was Donna Troy at the time. Yes. Oh, my God. Okay. Another person who could literally have a whole <laughs> podcast because she has 40 yeah, backgrounds. she's great. So there are so many members of the Teen Titans throughout the year, <laughs> such as Speedy, Roy Harper, Hawk and Dove, Hank and Don Hall. Oh. I know. I love Hawk and Dove. Um, and Lilith. And then the new Teen Titans, we have team members Beast Boy, Raven, Cyborg, Starfire, Robin, who's still Dick Grayson, Tara, and Bumblebee, amongst others. Oh, Tara. Yes. There are more, but I feel like those are the most known ones. Basically, those characters I named who were in the Cartoon Network back in 2003, Mm -hmm. which made it, which actually is what I first started watching when I got into the Teen Titans. That's when I was like, okay, well, I guess we're going 
balls deep on this. Yeah, stuff. that for it was that a good series, show. it was so good, and that series aired in 2003 i was only 13 you were what 16 like you're 15 how much how much older are you than i mean so it's not like we were like it's not like we were in our like 20s like like no. that is what we watched when we came home from school you know what i mean mm-hmm. like that was what yeah. was on because so i think i dated my second high school boyfriend during yes Titans. but i was like wouldn't it be really funny and terrible if we broke up when Teen Titans stopped airing and then we did? Oh. <laughs> so, before I was, like, super into reading, because this was before I was, like, into reading comics, obviously TV was a lot easier to come mm-hmm. by, especially when you're 13, you can't fucking afford comics at Oh my 13. god. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about the manga and anime struggle before. Yes. Live journal. Remember how you had that fucking square icon? Yes. So my friend at the time made me a Starfire and Robin one from Teen. Now I'm a, and now I'm a fucking dick and bab shipper like you can't ever rip that away from me. I'm but Starfire you, and, and, uh, and, and Dick are, are Dick yeah. and Corey are super cute together. But so, Babs and Dick are your... Uh, they're my OTP of, like, DC. Where is my in general, DC? like, of DC, yeah. if you're... If I'm gonna say an OTP, it's it's Babs and Dick, but... There's a lot I'm like, Dick and Redhead's OTP. <laughs> That's, like, there's a lot of them, and I'm happy with really any of them. They were all really cute, but yeah. It's fine. I mean, I'm sure Babs is fine with him fucking all these redheads. Because why wouldn't you? Yeah, and also because Babs has shit to do. <laughs> just whatever. Whatever, Dick. I've got something to do. Just go play with them for a little while. I'm sure Roy is free because he's usually free. <laughs> if he's not with his child, who is sometimes dead. <laughs> Other members, uh, like Superboy and Supergirl, joined the ranks at some point, and then, like I mentioned above, the OGs aged out, so they were replaced, like Tim Drake became Robin, and Cassie took up Wonder Girl's name, and Mia took over Speedy. And, of course, there's so many more that I didn't mention, but, you know... It's a long list. It's a long list, so and I'm just gonna, I like can't imagine almost them all. all really fucking great. Yeah, they're all great. I mentioned the ones that I feel like are most known, slash, that I love the most, so yeah. I brought them up, slash, you know, makes a point, but Teen Titans have been seen in a ton of other media. There's a live action series that premiered in 2018 just called Titans. There have been a ton of cartoon appearances and shows of them dating back to as early as 1967. Oh, wow. Yep. They appeared in a bunch of the, like, cute cartoon shows back in the day. Yeah. I think one of the most known is the 2003 Cartoon Network series called Teen Titans that I mentioned above that Martha and I talked about for a little bit. That was our era. It ran for five years, and then it was followed by Teen Titans Go!, also on Cartoon Network, that it has started in 2013, has six seasons, and is technically still going on, but because of COVID, everything's been a little messy. Yeah. This cartoon is also based off of the same crew as the original Cartoon Network series. It's just, like, cuter, chibi animation. Then there was a movie. There was also a video game released in 2006 on GameCube, PlayStation 2, and the Xbox that seems to be based off the 2003 Teen Titans show. So as we know, even with just picking a single character, it can be hard to fit everything into a 30-minute to an hour topic that we talk on this podcast, clearly. And it's even harder to narrow down a topic 
on a fucking team. Yes, when it is a team. You know, every character has its own thing going on. The Teen Titans has a billion changes, and DC likes to have a million reboots. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So, doing my research, there was one story arc that appeared on multiple lists as being one of the most important And that story arc is the new Teen Titans, the Judas Contract. Yeah! Ow. (laughs) (laughs) But yes! Fuck yeah! Yeah, I looked at like three or four lists, and that was number one on every single one Mm -hmm. of their lists. And I felt comfortable with these characters, because this was actually sort of done in the Teen Titans yeah. 2003 series. So I felt like I was like actually what like sort of do something about oh. it. Yeah. So I'm super, I'm super <laughs> excited about it. And okay. The Judas contract not only helped shape the Teen Titans into what we read them as today, but it impacted certain characters in a way that without it, they would probably be drastically different. It was a four-part storyline originally printed in issues number 42 to 44 of the Tales of the Teen Titans and then concluded in the 1984 Tales of Teen Titans Annual. The story was written and edited by Mark Wolfman and George Perez. Yeah! With artwork by Perez, mm-hmm. uh, Romeo Tangal, Dick... Giordano? Mike, I think Dono. it's Giordano. And then also Mike DiCarlo and Andrean Roy. Offer issues were made uh, later into a trade paperback, simply called New Teen Titans, The Judas Contract, which came out in 1988. It even had a movie based on it called Teen Titans, The Judas Contract, in uh, 2017. Oh, really? Yeah. My one story that I was going to input is that uh, George Perez goes to Dragon every year. And once upon a time, he saved Jess and me from some weird pervert that was trying to oh, take yeah, a picture of us. So he was trying to I take a picture, and story. George Perez was like, oh, uh, I don't know who we were dressed up as, but called us over as characters, and we were like, peace out, we're talking to George Perez, <laughs> yeah. you're a pervert. George um, <laughs> Perez is awesome. Yeah, good dude. He's great. Okay, so let's go over what happens in this nice little mini arc. To start, I'm going to introduce the team because there's so many members so let's get a frame of mind of what's happening here the characters that show up dick grayson donna troy starfire changeling aka beast boy which i'm gonna refer to him as but i think technically as this time he was called changeling but i know him as beast boy and i feel like most people know him as beast boy so i'm just gonna call him beast boy raven cyborg Wally West in the beginning, and then uh, new to the party is Tara. (laughs) Okay, so the plot is based around several videos worth of build-up that involve not just the Teen Titans themselves, but Slade Wilson and the super villainous organization Hive. Fuck yes. Fuck yes for both of them. (laughs) Yes. Slade's such a good villain. Yes. So, in case uh, you peeps aren't familiar with Slade, we're going to do a quick rundown about his past with the Teen Titans, because it's super important. Slade Wilson, also known as Deathstroke, has bad blood with the Teen Titans, and is known to be probably the Teen Titans' main baddie, if not definitely up in, like, the top three of the main baddies. 
but I would consider him the big like one. him and, like, Brother Blood. Yeah. This is where he actually got his start. Slade's first appearance was in New Team Titans number two back in 1980, where he was pitted against the team to get revenge and complete a mercenary contract for his dead son, Grant. Since that point, the idea of Slade being under contract with Hive has been an on-and-off-again element of his plot, slowly boiling up, but very steadily in the background, and the Judas contract is basically just finally where it all boils over, and he gets his payback. It's the ultimate and inevitable climax of Slade's working with Hive against the Titans, and the next step in Slade's feud with everything they represent as a team. The next important person that we're going to talk about with a little bit of background is Tara. Her name, Tara Markov, a.k.a. Tara, was introduced two years prior in the new Teen Titans number 26. And though she wasn't a full-fledged member of the team in an official sense, unofficially she'd become a good member of the team and basically part of the family. Her and Beast Boy are particularly close, but they all do still consider her a really good member of the team and, you know, one of them. Her powers are the ability to telepathically manipulate the Earth using what they called geokinesis. So she is a heavy hitter in a fight and on par with someone like Starfire when it comes to overall utility. Ah. For all intents and purposes, Tara is a superstar in the making, but like so many in the world of superheroes, she had her secrets in the, in the Judas contract. Those secrets become few for the fire in a room of dynamite. And <laughs> it goes down. I love that super a lot. <laughs> it's true. It That's how everything fucking explodes. Yes, it's real bad. And mm-hmm. it gets real bad real quick. Yes. The Judas contract opens up with a big battle happening where Tara essentially saves all their asses. She quickly points out that they probably would have died if she didn't save them, but yet she doesn't feel like she belongs and that she doesn't even know who everyone truly is. And all the Titans agree that she is really good, really talented, and she is basically a part of the team. But it literally doesn't take a single page flip for the readers to know that something is up. Tara is talking to someone, you can tell with how they're writing it, that she's talking to someone going over the events. All in the while, there's a mix of her making fun of her teammates and talking down about them. With one more flip of the page, you see her and who she's speaking to, Slade Wilson. Can I also talk about how many times I've typed Wade Wilson? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was way too many. I can only fucking imagine. Which would have been a very different story. Very different story. We would have just adopted her. He definitely would have. Be like, well, we're both still killing people, but now you have somebody who loves (laughs) Very different from how Slade Wilson felt about her. Slade Wilson! Slade Wilson! That is what's going to happen right now. Alright, when you see her speaking to Slade Wilson, you see Tara, who's only around 16 at the time, in a hardly closed short pink robe smoking a cigarette. She, like, fucking chain smokes every time she's with them. I'm like, girl, put down the fucking cigarette. You're an actual baby. You're an actual baby. Yeah. Slade is with her, also in a robe, but closed, and he's got some pants on. 
<laughs> she at one point does pick up a picture of him and his family and she does call him honey and saying that she didn't realize that he was married but he remarks that was before when he was just Slade Wilson and not who he is today they throw a few more comments back at each other and they're all flirty alike and it's you know pretty uncomfortable um, for the reader but you know and it feels like there's much more going on than just some backstabbing and revenge happening. Mm-hmm. So after this little shindig with Slade, we're back at the, with the Titans, and they agree upon letting Tara know who they really are and attempts to make her feel a little more welcomed and like she's one of them. But this is also where Wally officially retires as Kid Flash, for now anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wally leaves, and then legit... One sentence later, Dick is also like, I'm not going to be Robin anymore. <laughs> it's like, he's literally like, I know, I know Wally just quit, but I'm also not going to be Robin anymore. So I've been waiting for an opening for like a fucking week, and I guess this is the only one I'm going to get. So here I am. <laughs> I'm Nightwing! So, he does explain <laughs> that I'm like... <laughs> He does explain that unlike Wally, he isn't leaving. He just doesn't want to be Robin's Batman sidekick anymore. And he's going to become his own superhero. Of course, in this scene, I'm going to send you the link to just, like, look through this. So hype. He literally, dramatically pulls off his mask and he's like, I'm just Dick Grayson. And then starts pulling off his Robin outfit in front of everyone. So he's just left in the stupid little like green unitard underneath and his stupid little Peter Pan shoes. Holy dicks. I'm like, what is happening? Why are you doing like, like the only other person who I can think who randomly stripped down to prove a point? Is fucking Tony Stark. Oh, I'm like, I'm Tony Stark. And you're like, why are you wearing a thong only under your thing? Literally a a comic book scene that happened. That doesn't surprise Mm -hmm. me. That's the real reason that anybody's shipping Tony and Steve. So, yeah. So, that happens. And, uh, but (laughs) in the time that this happened, he also reveals that he's sick Grayson to Tara because she doesn't know. I I was literally like, he's just taking his clothes off. I wouldn't just... Why, why are you doing this? I love you so much, Dick Grayson. Why are you doing this? He would take his clothes off and say, I'm Dick Grayson, and I would be like, yeah, no, the only thing I would remember from that is Dick, and I would be like, I think that there was something important that he said, but I don't think it was about his dick. Help. And then Cyborg made some comment about being like, okay, well, when you get your new outfit, can you wear pants? Because... I mean, your legs are great, but they're not. We're all appreciating your thighs. Have you seen? Have you seen Corey's legs? Put some pants on, bro. (laughs) This was fine when you were the only person flashing your thighs around. Okay. Whew. Now that Tara knows who everything one is, and she is officially made a Titan, she runs back to sleep and she tells him everything. So, they start to unravel during a training exercise, and the Titans begin to truly learn how mentally unstable Tara is. 
After enduring numerous playful uh, quips from Beast Boy, she ends up unleashing a massive attack that nearly cripples him. The other Titans calm her down, but Raven is the one, only one who realizes that there's something seriously dangerous about this girl. Unfortunately, even as this unfolds, they aren't really able to believe it, and by time they may have realized something legit was wrong, there was no stopping what was going to happen. With all the personal information Tara gives to Slade, and just to throw this in here, in this scene, she's wearing this, like, scandalous white nightgown type thing. Tara! And there's no way that something sexual isn't happening in his girls because he's old and she's 16, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Slade! Stop being close! I know, right? Your daughter is younger than that. He systematically takes down each of the Titans. First, he strikes at the apartment penthouse shared by Donna Troy and Corey. Corey is Starfire. <laughs> I didn't say that before, but we've referred to her as Corey a few times. He incapacitates Corey with some kind of bomb that he disguises as a present from Dick and then renders Donna unconscious with a gas mixture that he adds into our dark room chemicals. Then he takes out Cyborg by electrifying a chair in his apartment that I bolted short, so it shorts him out enough uh, or long enough that Deathstroke is able to collect him. Side note here, I will also refer to uh, Slade as, uh, as Slade, Slade or Deathstroke, or, Deathstroke, or uh, I think once or twice I do refer to him as Mr. Wilson. No. No. Probably not. As Deathstroke the Terminator? The Terminator, yes. Tara ends up is sent to take care of Raven, and she, so basically she's like, I'm going to go work out. So she fakes a workout so that Raven isn't expecting her to be around, sneaks up on her and knocks her out real quick while she's meditating. And then Slade moves on to take down Dick Grayson at his apartment, but is surprised when the only non-powered Titan managed to elude him. It makes me also laugh that this is the only Titan that Slade takes face on, and he ends up getting away. Yeah. Getting frustrated by not being able to uh, catch Dick, he ends up going down to the Hamptons. (laughs) 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 He goes down to the Hamptons to take down his last Titan, Beast Boy. Beast Boy is currently signing autographs and he's licking a stack of envelopes, which were treated with a special poison that rendered him unconscious. <laughs> so with all but one of the Titans captured, he brings them to the Rocky Mountain headquarters of his employers, the Hive. Death Rocky Stork Mountain is- Hive. Yep, basically. And Deathstroke is satisfied that uh, he was able to complete the contract left behind by his late son, Grant. But Hyde ends up criticizing him for failing to bring in Robin. Imagine being fucking Hive and being like, um, excuse me, Deathstroke the Terminator, but uh, you didn't bring in one of these fucking teenagers, so... <laughs> the human? Like, um, I know that most of the higher-ups at Hive are just fucking goons. <laughs> it's just Hydra goons. <laughs> We're telling him that because he could rip their head off. Mm-hmm. You're like, God, I hope my health insurance pays for this. <laughs> um, excuse me, sir, but you didn't bring in Dick Grayson. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm really, really sorry. <laughs> I didn't pay the highest premium. <laughs> Regret. So, 
Dick, being the only one that got away, ends up going from teammate to teammate's apartment to try to figure out what happens. Being Dick, he's able to figure out, oh, this random gift obviously exploded in Corey's face and mm-hmm. whatever. So and uh, it says my name on it, which is rude. Fucking asshole over here. Now my grudge is even more. Like, I don't just draw a little dick every time that I sign my name to Corey. I 100% would do that no matter what. I'm 1,000% sure that Corey, whatever she's sending a note to Dick does. You know that's true. To penis. <laughs> and you're like, why does this have, like, little hearts all over it and, like, twinkles? This is the worst. I feel bad about seeing this weird love note. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so, while he's going from, like, apartment to apartment or trying to figure out where his teammates are, he actually ends up running into Slade's wife, Adeline. Oh. And his son, Joseph. It is Joseph. Yeah. Oh, no, I said Joshua. Oh, okay. But I was really close. Yeah. Because Joseph is another weird yes. biblical name. And it is like, J-O-S. Yeah. Yeah, it's Joseph. He doesn't know their their relation to Wilson yet. I hear she tells him that Tara is a traitor and has been working with Destro, but Dick doesn't want to believe her, though he does slowly start to believe her when Adeline's story uh, starts to tell him a story and she proves to him who Slade Wilson is and the means by which he's become the Terminator. Side note here that we'll keep in, if you guys don't know a lot about Slade and are interested or don't know a lot about his backstory, this is the comic to read. You will learn so much backstory on who he was because she will go through everything. Yes. I would say read this one and then read about anything with Ravager because that's what happens after. Mm Mm-hmm. But this is, yeah, this is like his original, original, and then, yeah, then it goes into more stuff. Because Ravager, Adeline is dead in all the Ravager comics. Is she? Yeah, because he shot her in the face. Rough. Turns out you're a bad parent. (laughs) So, um, Adeline's son Joey is a mutant at birth, and he possesses the power to possess other people, and he's eager to help Dick rescue the Titan. Realizing that he can never truly retire from superheroing, Dick adopts a new costume, entering Disco Dick. Woo! And he then calls himself Nightwing. We call him Disco Dick. We call him Disco Dick, but he calls himself Nightwing. And Joey is revealed for the first time as a mutant we know as Jericho. Adeline then gives the heroes the location of High Command Center, and they will go off. Alright, so side note, when... Dick at first is like, I don't want you to, like, go with me to save everyone. I don't know you. I don't Mm. trust you. You just told me someone that I did trust fucking backstabbed us. It's a fucking mole, so I don't really like you. So Jericho gives him a little demonstration of his power and takes over Dick's body and then makes him dance around like an asshole and then punches himself in the face. (laughs) (laughs) And then Dick was like... Okay, I guess you Well, I guess I have to trust you because this is where we're going with this. Because <laughs> I'm too embarrassed. Cool. <laughs> Dick move. <laughs> the worst. 
Ugh. You're the worst. Okay, so Nightwing and Jericho go to the high base that's in the Rocky Mountains. They sneak into the facility and discover that the Titans have been strapped to a giant machine, which is slowly siphoning away their life energy. Where do you get a machine that siphons somebody else's life energy? I don't know. Uh, just asking it's for high. a friend who doesn't have a lot of life energy. You know, just... Who could use some life energy. <laughs> I'll just whisper into every beehive that I see. Hey, are y'all involved in crime? It would be really great if I could get some more energy. Um, Nightwing and Jericho fight through a horde of hive shock troops that are eventually captured. So the Terminator is surprised to see his son with the Titans and tries to bargain with Hive to let him go. Hive refuses and Jericho takes this opportunity to possess his own father. Oof. Using his body... And his weaponry, he frees the other Titans, begins fighting Hive. Terra is enraged at Slave. Slave. <laughs> well, right now he is a slave. Me. And feels that his affection for Joey makes him weak. <laughs> okay, she, sorry, bitch. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. She even says, I knew he was getting soft over his wife and kid, but I thought he cared about me. I thought he loved me. And at this point, she totally loses all of her control and all of her sanity and basically yearns for nothing else but other than everybody's death. Doesn't matter who, just wants to die. Farewell, peace. So, Beast Boy refuses to believe that Tara's gone bad at a certain point and just believes that um, Slade ended up brainwashing her. But it doesn't really matter at this point because with Tara being completely outraged and her powers are out of control. She causes a mountain of earth and debris to collapse down from the ceiling and she ends up being killed in the process. So the four issue series ends at the cemetery where they're holding a funeral for Tara, making her remembered as a teen Titan who lost her life in battle. Instead of as a... As a traitorous bitch that she really was. But we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, So before I wrap this up, I quickly want to go over why this is probably one of the most important stories for the Teen Titans. Some are obvious, some are a little bit deeper. The first, uh, it obviously reveals the secret origin of Deathstroke, the Terminator, Slade Wilson, who ends up becoming the main villain of the Teen Titans. It also brings a close to Deathstroke's extended contract with the Hive, and the destruction of Hive actually ends up being revealed and happens very closely after to the end of this, which happened in Tales of Teen Titans 45 to 47, so Hive doesn't survive much further past this. The Hive can't survive. No, cannot. Didn't have his honey anymore. You good? Can I continue? (laughs) Did I break you a little? (laughs) Tara, who was introduced in the pages of New Teen Titans, number 26, and made regular appearances throughout the title, and who had just become an approved member of the team, ended up being a traitor, which is a big deal. Mm -hmm. So there's a few different parts of this. A controversial element that's revealed in this story is the fact that Slade and Tara seem to be having a sexual affair. Gross! Once again, like I noted, uh, Slade is clearly at least a middle-aged man, and Tara's only 16. And we also want to talk about the fact that she was definitely mentally unstable, and instead of helping her, he used that to her own gain and manipulated her to be like, I love you, and I care for you, and 
Go you have to fight for me. The fucking Teen Titans and mm-hmm. Tony shit when she needed therapy a lot, a lot of therapy, yeah. which is not okay and it's disgusting. As an adult and a position of power. Not only adult, a position of power. She was 16. He was yeah. essentially a pedophile. So you're gross and I hate you. Bumps me out. I know, right? Uh, the Judas contract is also noted for introducing Dexter's ex-wife, Adeline, but more important, the introduction of a second son, Joey Wilson. Because of the event of the Judas contract immediately following the mini arc, Joey ends up taking on the name Jericho, and he ends up becoming a titan, while Adeline becomes and remains a supporting, a very stable supporting member of the team Titans. Until she's dead. Mm. Uh, <laughs> this is also the first appearance of Dick Grayson as Nightwing. This is where he also forever leaves the mantle as Robin. And this is a critical storyline for Dick Grayson, who is becoming Nightwing. Essentially, if the Judas contract hadn't occurred when it did, it's quite possible that the Nightwing we know and love today could look very, very different from what he is because the shape who he was. Even the intervention of Crisis on Infinite Earths and the subsequent redesigning of Dick's Nightwing identity, the role the Wilson family and their manipulations played into the tradition uh, of who he is is undeniably important mm-hmm. to the character of Nightwing. And in the cartoon. Yes, like, yes. It's a huge deal. People get into, into like, him yeah. turning into Nightwing. But, but they also, say, like, he's in the future and that's, yeah. like, a huge episode. And also, yeah. like, Slade's character is huge mm-hmm. for... Yes. For Robin, yeah. big bad. Yes. Let's not forget to mention that Tara has been a cute, blonde, bubbly, probable teammate for the past two years, and then boom, she's actually super fucked up, a mole, and ends up backstabbing all the heroes. Not only is this a shock for the Titans and a shock for the readers, this is, even though a typical plot twist for stories, a huge plot twist that isn't actually seen much in comics. The only other really big plot point and plot twist that had happened in comics before then was actually Gwen Stacy's death. Oh. Yes. And this is also when DC shifted from being this, like, fun, brightly colored mm-hmm. comic into something much darker. And it led into a bunch of the super fucked up stories that we have talked about before and on this podcast. The ones that you know and love. Yep. And it led DC down the much darker path that it is today. And that is the Teen Titans and probably one of their biggest stories. So what you're saying is that it's Slade's fault that every time I try to watch a fucking DC movie, they're like, we're going to make it dark and gritty. And I'm like, I can barely fucking see. Yes. Slade! (laughs) What the fuck? I just feel like that's so rude. You have one eye. You should be a lot more. You should want it to be brighter so you can see better. Yes. Ugh, what the fuck? (laughs) So fucking rude. Ugh. That is the Teen Titans. So good. God, I love them. What will you do when your child asks? 
What were Saturday morning cartoons? What were Saturday morning cartoons? What's wrong with you? Or will you handle it the right way? Sit down, baby girl. Let me introduce you to my friend, Mark McRae. Join Dan Clink and I on the Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast as we take a unique behind-the-scenes look at the history and dynamics of animation with plenty of laughs along the way. The Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast is a proud member of the ESO Network. And doing the Young Avengers from fucking Marvel. As we talked about. As we talked about in the beginning of the episode. So my sources, it's basically fandom, Marvel, and Wikipedia, and the comics. So the Young Avengers is a way younger team than Teen Titans, as we already mentioned. Their first storyline started in 2004. And is fun and complicated, and then they continue being fun and complicated from there on up. And I feel like they did a really good job getting the idea of what teens wanted to actually do. Where they're like, oh yeah, we've got powers, we're going to go out and do a thing. So the story opens up with the headlines from the Daily Bugle and a picture of the Young Avengers. And it says a caption of, who are the Young Avengers? It's basically at this point... Four dumb boys. <laughs> Shocking no one. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson puts one of his investigative reporters on the story, as well as our best girl, Jessica Jones. Jessica is a really great and interesting character for this, because uh, while she's an adult now, she was a young superhero as Jewel and a young dumb kid with powers, throwing your powers around, and honestly, Jess isn't too far out from throwing herself into every bad choice ever. At this point, she's pregnant, like, visibly pregnant, so she is just started to get her life in order kind of a little bit for Danny. I'm always happy to get more Jessica. She's one of my faves. She's a disaster, and I love her. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson is like, it's the mysterious new team of the Young Avengers, and they include Thor Jr., Iron Kid, Teen Hulk, and Lieutenant America. Oh, God. Yeah, so superheroes, uh, get out in front and make your name known first, or uh, otherwise fucking J. Jonah Jameson is going to name you and he's not going to even try, or uh, Ronald Reagan is going to fuck up your name and like still give you a name because he's the president. So, I don't know. Do your own PR. It's important. Anyhow. They leave the building and Jessica talks to um, Kat, who is the investigative reporter, and is like, yeah, I'll contact what's left of the Avengers, which, by the way, this is after Avengers Disassembled, which I will tell you right now, I did 40 seconds of reading for and was like, you know, I'm not interested in any of this. (laughs) Um, I think it's after Wanda does her whole like thing, but it's like three storylines later. We can just pretend they're all dead. They're not. They're just all... A lot of them are dead and most of them are stupid. (laughs) So, you know, they've all disbanded. And, like, they're all doing their own thing because nobody's being a team because everybody's being a fucking dickhead. What the fuck ever. It doesn't really matter. But, yeah, she's like, I'll contact the what's left of the Avengers. Um, And then a couple minutes later, fucking Captain America and Iron Man arrive and they're like, we really want to talk to you about this. And Jessica is like, oh, okay, fine. And Iron Man is like, 
this group of sidekicks isn't our group of sidekicks. Like, they have nothing to fucking do with us. <laughs> we don't even really know yeah. who they are. We, we don't. And Captain America is like, we're gonna fucking shut them down and we're just waiting for them to show up again. And it's like, okay, Captain America, you're the person who makes the best choices in everybody's life, so you definitely have the purview here. Here's three people who make great choices, who are able to tell teams remember, to make great choices. If you're not on Captain America's side, you're on the wrong side. Yes. Sometimes he's kind of an idiot, though. And in this case, it is right now. He's kind of an idiot. Uh, in my in my notes here, I have. So the two patron saints of good ideas are out here telling people how to live their lives. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Call me when you're in real therapy. <laughs> um, so that evening, there's a wedding party that gets taken hostage by gunmen, and the Young Avengers come to crash the party, literally, because they decide it looks really cool to crash through the top of a cathedral. Of course. <laughs> what else would teenage boys really want? Exactly. That's their kind of jam, which I... Can't say anything, I guess, against if I was 15 and a dumb boy who had superpowers, things wouldn't go great, you know. They crash through the cathedral roof, which is cool, except for it starts a fire in the process. So it's not super cool. Uh, the gunman... <laughs> so it ends up not being super cool. Less cool. Oh no, we didn't think about this. The gunmen attack the Young Avengers, and one of the bridesmaids, uh, our girl Kate Bishop, retrieves one of the gunmen's pistols and one of Patriot's throwing stars and basically helps them overpower the gunmen. So they're like, we're going to rescue you. And Kate Bishop's like, okay, thank you for this stuff that you left around because you guys were bad at your job. (laughs) I'll handle the Mm -hmm. rest from here. Also, I've never said gunmen so many times, and I fucking hate it. It's the worst. (laughs) I love Kate Bishop. Ugh. She's boss. Yeah. So Kat, previous investigative reporter Kat, and Jess are outside to report on the situation at the end of it, and the boys give their name as Asgardian, Hulkling, Iron Lad, and Patriot. Ugh. I know. Jess gives Hulkling her card, Hulkling. and he and Wiccan fucking nerd out because they're like, oh my god, you're Jessica Jones, you were Jewel. And they're big goddamn nerds about superheroes. So, of course. They're like, what? This is the best. This is so cool. And then they're like, just kidding. The cops are here. We're going to run away. So they all flee the scene and land at the defunct Avengers mansion, which is apparently their hideout. The most obvious hideout that we could ever possibly fucking fit. It's like, what hideout could we do? I'm like, well, we're the young Avengers. We'll just kick it at their old place that they're not there anymore because they disassembled for whatever dumb reason. Yeah, so, um, and then Iron Lad is like, yikes, guys, if we can't handle five armed dudes, then what are we going to do when fucking K the Conqueror shows up? And everyone is a pissy boy and goes home except for Iron Lad, who heads into the mansion to find Cap, Iron Man, and Jess Jones waiting for him. (laughs) Tapping their foot, very annoyed-like. If anybody could tap their foot annoyed like it's fucking Captain America. Yeah, 100%. 100% is Captain yeah. America. Mm-hmm. With his arms crossed. Tony's just taking a video of it so he can like take notes for the future. And Jessica looks very bored. Yeah. Could you imagine Captain America tapping 
this foot at you, wouldn't you feel... I'd probably cry out of yes. anxiety immediately. And I would you'd, feel like, like the worst you, human being in the entire world. I'm sorry? Like, I'm late for literally everything, well, so I don't I, know what you fucking expect And you wouldn't me. just say, I'm sorry, you'd be bawling your eyes out while you're saying, I'm sorry. But I'd still <laughs> say, I'm sorry, like a question, though. I'd be like, I'm sorry! <laughs> <laughs> Is Bucky around? Do you make Bucky cry like this? Jesus. <laughs> and he's like, no, Bucky makes me cry like this. Does Bucky make Bucky cry like this? <laughs> Um, we just cry because of Bucky. Yeah. Everybody just, I also cry that much because of Bucky, so it's fine. Let's all sit in a corner and cry because of Bucky. Uh, and then we can bond, and then you can stop tapping your fucking foot at me. Yeah, so uh, this is all after the Avengers disassembled. So apparently Thor is dead at this point. Quote, unquote, 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 Uh, And that's why the Avengers Mansion is just a fucking sad shell. Which, uh, Tony, you still have fucking money. (laughs) So this could have been a homeless shelter, you stupid piece of shit. (laughs) Doesn't need to be an abandoned facility. We just let it be a weird fucking nonsense thing. Why? Okay. Um, So Iron Lad explains that his suit is fucking baller because it's actually neurokinetic, so it responds to his thoughts. This is because... It's from a thousand years in the future because he's actually Kang from the 30th century. Oh, fucking yes. So we're leaning hard into our time travel nonsense in this first fucking section. Issue one. A thousand years (laughs) from the future. (laughs) Literally, issue one ends with him being like, yes, I'm Kang. (laughs) I know you guys have bought me 700,000 times in like the 60s and 70s and shit like that but uh, now I'm a teenager and I don't want to be that person cool so uh, Ken basically this bro's name is Nathaniel Richards uh, some relation of course his name is fucking Nathaniel it's fucking Richards and a fucking Richards yeah some relation that literally makes me want to vomit in Mm -hmm. my mouth just so you know. I call him Nate. I call him fucking Toolbag. Mm. He's, so he's not terrible until he becomes... Nathaniel Richard. Ugh. I'm so angry about and that's that. what happens when you're probably related to Reed Richards. Yeah. So don't do it. And then your awful parents name you Nathaniel. Mm-hmm. They also were like, maybe he's related to Doom. And I was like, if I was going to talk about, if I'm at thir- like a thousand years in the future and I'm going to pretend to be related to anybody, it's, it's definitely Doom. One thousand percent Doom. Ugh, what a babe. <laughs> so basically, Kang, uh, so this guy, Nathaniel Richards, stupid Nathaniel, <laughs> some relation probably to Reed Richards, is a teenager in the 30th century and he's getting bullied by some dumb people and then... <laughs> Future fucking Kang comes in and immobilizes the bullies and explains to his younger self that he will discover the plans for an ancient time machine, travel to ancient Egypt before becoming trapped in the 40th century where he subjugates two warring alien tribes to become known as Kang the Conqueror. And then he explains that basically the people who can defeat him are the Avengers and fucking Reed Richards and that sort of shit and like it's you gotta go back to the 20th century they're the only people who can defeat me and then Kang tells Nate young Kang we're gonna call him Nate he should use this like sweet armor that he gave him to slit the bully's throat 
because the bully uh, slit his throat and hospitalized him for a year in his time. And then Nate's like, okay, cool, I'll definitely do that. He hops into this armor and then he time travels back to the 21st century so he can find the Avengers and try to uh, face Kang again in the future. So he gets back to the 21st century at exactly the wrong time because it's exactly <laughs> when they've done this whole Avengers disassembled. <laughs> Everybody's fucking dead. He discovers this mangled version of fucking Vision and activates a, an Avengers failsafe because there aren't any Avengers to go find. Uh, and it tells him to go find these goddamn nerds. So our current members are Nathaniel Richards, a.k.a. Iron Lad, uh, who is from the future, who is Kang, and he's trying to not be Kang. Elijah Eli Bradley, a.k.a. Patriot, who is the grandson of the uh, black Captain America, Isaiah Bradley. And at first, Eli takes supplements. It's mutant growth hormone, um, until at one point he gets a transfusion from his grandfather, who has a similar super serum thing. And basically, so Isaiah Bradley was the lone survivor of a series of experiments that the U.S. government and a bunch of other governments did in order to try and remake the super soldier serum called Project Rebirth. Marvel did this story to kind of tie it into the, like, a callback to the Tuskegee syphilis study where our, our government was like, hey, we're just going to give a bunch of people syphilis but not tell them, and only black people because we're all racist. Shocking. Shoop. Our government's never done that before. Yeah, they never do. <laughs> and they all drive <laughs> LSD all over the place. Yeah, LSD all over the place. This is just like literally the Tuskegee experiments are really gross because it's just like everybody gets fucking syphilis. Yeah, Nobody, t- they don't tell anybody about it, and syphilis fucks with your brain. Yeah. Well, it's like with the and, and then they just all and it's like all black people too. Mm-hmm. Well, it was like when they did the MK Ultra, a huge chunk of it was like mental patients. Mm-hmm. That's cool. If you're a vulnerable part of the population, the U.S. Then government fuck you. will fucking take advantage of you because they're a piece of shit. So this was like let's also talk about that story kind of. Um, and then we also have uh, Teddy Altman, aka Hulkling. So Teddy is technically alien royalty. We don't know that at this point, but he's Cree and Skull. So he scroll. <laughs> Shit. He's the son of Cree hero Marvel, the original Captain Marvel, and then he's also uh, a Skrull princess with an R. Skrull. Uh, so he can shape shift, but he also has like he's also really fucking strong, and he's green when he's a Skull. He's a skull. <laughs> he could be a skull if he wants to because you shaped it. Do your thing, baby. But you probably don't want to do that. And then we have Billy Kaplan, who is, uh, at this point, he is as Guardian, but he later becomes Wiccan. Um, and he has a lot of power, just like his. Why did he choose as Guardian? Because at this point, he's just like. Basically, I have we kind of magic powers, and like we need a Thor. His his outfit is so like it's got the dumb like wings yeah. on the side because the first outfits are all really dumb, and then Kate Bishop is like money <laughs> with my power <laughs> with my power of a credit card. <laughs> got you guys. Let's not look like this. <laughs> but yeah. They reveal later that he is one of Maximov's, one of her reincarnated sons. 
His skills include, like, he does some spell casting as well as uh, reality warping, teleportation, electrokinesis, flying, and then also he and Teddy have been dating for years. So, um, I don't know that one. Excuse me! Alexa, calm down. Okay, I hope you finally carry on. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. So, meanwhile, Kate, our boss-ass bridesmaid, who made everybody look like a bunch of fucking nerds while they tried to rescue her, yes. meets up with Cassie Lang at the hospital. Ugh. Kate's there because her whole family was the bridal party that got held up by gunmen. Cool. And then Cassie's there because she's trying to find the young Avengers. So they leave and uh, head over to the Avengers mansion together because, of course, I'm so glad we picked the most obvious fucking place because <laughs> that way we can all team up together yay and cassie explains about her father's death at the hand of jack of hearts and that she wants to get his equipment but the boys try and stop them and cassie gets really fucking mad and then she gets really fucking big she's like fuck you this is dumb and then she turns huge and they're like okay i'm sorry and then she faints uh, so Cassie Lang is uh, stature, and she is the daughter of Scott Lang, aka Ant Man. And then after his death, uh, she seeks out the Young Avengers to uh, join them. And then we have Kate Bishop, aka Hawkeye, later. But at least during all of this, she doesn't actually have a like code name. She's just there. Um, <laughs> yes, Kate Bishop. Yeah, she has a rich family, and her dad's a piece of shit. Um, and <laughs> criminal and blah 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 and she basically like shows up when they try to rescue her at a wedding and is like hmm y'all are bad at this and then just continues to be better than everybody. Inside while they're doing this whole nonsense uh, you have Captain America and Iron Man and Jessica Jones and Iron Lad and they hear Cassie get big and then she faints so everybody heads outside and Cap and Kate revive Cassie and help her shrink back down. Iron Lad continues to talk about the Avengers' failsafe plan, saying that they were all connected to the Avengers in some way, except for Kate, who was like, mm, I'm better than you, and there isn't a Hawkeye right now, because I think he's either dead or doing his Ronin thing, so here and we are. Like, that is fair. Yeah. Kate, that is fair. <laughs> Kate, I'm better than you, Bishop. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, so Captain America asks Kate to step outside in order for the Young Avengers to reveal their true identities because at this point she hasn't, like, truly necessarily joined them. And Hulkling and Asgardian admit that they have no idea how they've acquired their powers, but Patriot is like, "Mm, I'm the grandson of the black Captain America. Upstairs, Cassie puts on her uh, father's uniform and she admits to Tony that, though her growth spurt is the first time that she's ever like, randomly become really, really fucking big. Uh, she's been stealing pin particles for years as a fucking child and just, like, kind of, you know, taking them and putting them in her pocket and keeping them. And I this is why that. she has powers because she was a little fucking nerd. Oh, a little fucking yes, nerd. And, like, the. Dad. Yep. <laughs> and so Stark. Uh, refuses to return Scott's helmet to Cassie, claiming that the life of a superhero is too dangerous for someone as young as her. I think she's either 14 or 15 at this point. And then explaining that he just disbanded the Avengers because Scarlet Witch murdered a bunch of people. And 
Hawkeye, so I guess that is tech- I guess he's dead at this point yeah. and not Ronan. You never know. You know, you're gonna murder any of the Avengers. Yeah. That's probably No, I love Clint in the comics. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> also, like if you are like worried about this whole thing with stature, just wait until you hear about Billy's mom, because things are gonna get fucking complicated. But later. Okay. Downstairs Patriot explains that he acquired his powers through receiving a blood transfusion, which isn't true yet, but is in the future. They encounter some fucking dude called Growing Man, and they have to fight him. It's dumb and unnecessary. And then, uh, basically, Tony and Cap are like, okay, well, we've got to see you train without any of your gear. So we've got this training room in here. You guys all go in there without your gear. We want to see how you do. They lock them in there, and then they're like, we're going to call your parents. Like, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Okay, fuck you guys forever. And then, like, literally as soon as they fucking do this, uh, fucking Kang the Conqueror is like, hey, I showed up. I'm here. This is actual Kang from the future, not just Nate Kang. Kang holds Jessica at gunpoint and also electrocutes Iron Man and Captain America will demand to know where his past, but not really past self is time travel is complicated (laughs) so he's actually locked in the training facility right next to you and realizing that he got tricked and that you guys were going to call his mom which is good because he doesn't actually have a mom right now question mark time travel time travel it's it's confusing luckily our good girl kate was not in the room and she's like I think I think we are going to need you guys. She opens the door. She lets them out. She shows them that Cap and Iron Man are fucking talking to Kang. I guess that's one way to put it. But outside, uh, Jessica disarms Kang. And then he's like, well, you still have to return fucking little Nate to the future because uh, reality as you know it will cease to exist and the time stream is going to fuck And they're like, please down. take him. We don't want him. Mm-hmm. We were just about to call his mom. <laughs> He's like, everything is crumbling around us. In the training facility, the Young Avengers retrieve their equipment, and Kate grabs both Hawkeye and Mockingbird's equipment, so they start calling her Hawkingbird for a little bit. Ugh. And <laughs> I know. Hey, yeah. And Patriot is like, um, you really shouldn't join us. And then she's like, well, here is one of Captain America's shields. And he's like, I changed my mind. You're allowed to join us now. <laughs> <laughs> Outside, Captain America and Iron Man discovered that their uniforms have changed and Jessica is in her fucking jewel costume, which fits. So the time stream is changing around them and Captain America agrees to give uh, Nate to Kang because obviously everything's going to fucking shit. Not realizing that the Young Avengers have popped out of their little dumb thing, their closet, and are near enough to overhear. After this, they burst out and... Kang tells Nate that the longer the two of them occupy the same moment in time, the more unstable time itself becomes, which is not what he just said. Uh, Like, you can leave and solve this problem, you fucking dickhead. But of course, it's fucking Kang. So Nate's like, fine, I'll go back. And Kang opens up a portal to go back. And Cassie pushes him through it. Um, There's some dumb shoehorned romance that I'm not going to fucking 
talk about because it doesn't fucking matter and probably makes a lot of sense when you're actually 15 but I'm 33 so it doesn't make sense to me at all (laughs) nope yeah so they the younger Avengers regroup after all this and Nate admits that actually he does actually have to go back to the future to restore the time stream they try to figure out a way around it and then Kang appears and threatens Cap and Iron Man and Jess if he doesn't go back there's a big fucking fight, and it ends in Nate teleporting in to drive Kate's sword. Kate brought a fucking sword to this fight because she's she a did. boss through Kate. She's the only one prepared. So uh, the time stream starts to repair itself, and it's all good, except for the Avengers are all dead! Again! <laughs> okay, so now they're not just disbanded, they're all dead again? They're all dead. Mm-hmm. Again. Uh, and Elijah is like, uh... You have to go back to your fucking time because everybody's fucking dead. And I'm sorry that you have to be Kang, but that's just how it is. And if you don't do the thing, you're going to ruin it for fucking everybody. So here's where we're at. That's rough. And then as everything's starting to like, as the timeline's starting to be ridiculous fucking nonsense, Cassie's like, my dad might still be alive because of all of this fucking nonsense being undone. But she and Billy and Teddy are all like, we could vanish at any time because of our unknown, well, known and unknown relationship to the Avengers. Time travel. Nonsense. Blah, blah, blah. Nate's like, let's get an hour so we can see if Cassie can see her dad again. And then everybody's like, no, this is dumb. You can't do that. Everybody starts to fucking disappear. And then he finally is like, okay, fine. I'll fucking go back. Why you don't like kids do anything. No, it's true. You should have listened. Yeah, so he goes back to the 30th century after saying his goodbyes to everybody, and then the Avengers Mansion is destroyed again, but everybody is alive again, or everybody who was supposed to be alive. So, yeah, everybody's back, and Captain America is like, "Mm, you guys all have to go home, and I'm going to fucking shut you down for good. And also, leave all of your fucking shit here, because you aren't allowed to have any of this equipment. Go home. And it's like... Drink some milk. Yes, but also, um, bitch, we have a token rich now, so we can just buy our own fucking equipment. Which is what they do. Which is... Yeah. True, but also, Kate Bishop, you shouldn't be fucking egging them on. Mm -hmm. You're the only mature one here. It's a sliding scale, too. And you're good enough just to be Hawkeye, so just be Hawkeye. Yes. Screw these teenagers. (laughs) They're five. They become less five. They're basically five. Satcher is actually five. (laughs) Like, she's 14 in this. She's not quite 15, which is fucking crazy. Ugh, yikes. On their way home from all this. Can you imagine there being actual teeny superheroes? No. I don't deal well with most people who are under 20. I don't deal well with most people under 24. Yeah. If you can't drink alcohol, I literally think you're two. (laughs) These fucking children. Two are two. Two two. are 20. There's no difference. They're fucking two. It's exactly that. That's exactly fucking true. But yeah, so Kate, uh, on their way back, after everybody takes all their shit, Kate is like, okay, we should keep training because there's a lot of people out there who could use our help. I was one of them. And then everybody's like, mm, nah, I don't think this is a good idea. And then a couple weeks later, they all meet up at the park, and Kate's like, 
I just think this would be a really good idea. And everybody's like, you know, you're probably right. They all discuss new nicknames. And Kate has decided that they have a new lair and it's in Bishop Publishing. So it's part of her like fucking family shit. She's also made them all a new bunch of new fucking uniforms. So everybody goes like a bunch bunch of dumb fucking idiots. Billy decides that he's going to go by Wiccan and Cassie goes with Stature, which I I wonder how she came up with that, like, as a 14-year-old girl, because it's a fucking baller name. It is. Stature is cool. And she's smart. Yeah. That's a... I spent hours on the yes, fucking thesaurus.com. He's a nerd and mm-hmm. he's smart. Yeah. And then, yeah, so at the end of everything, uh, the team suits up and they start their actual being the Young Avengers. So, yeah, that's the first storyline of the Young Avengers. Um, it's weird looking back because, first of all, fucking Hulkling has black hair, which I forgot about. He doesn't have black hair as fucking Teddy. He just has black hair as Hulkling, and weird. it looks stupid, and it's really dumb. <laughs> it looks because, stupid. also, you're a fucking shapeshifter, so you can pick, so you don't have to look stupid. Also, I completely forgot about all the Kang the Conqueror Iron Lad shit. And as a, like, I feel like it is one of those things that appeals to teens so much because they're like, oh, I'm rebelling against adults. But as an adult, I'm like, oh, no, don't do that. You're a fucking baby. And then we didn't get to, like, there's a lot of mistakes that people can make themselves as teens. We didn't get to any of the, like, complication shit with Billy's parentage, with Teddy's parentage. We didn't get to Tommy at all. Just randomly fucking everything's just crazy and nonsense. The Teen Titans are much less complicated when it comes to choosing members. Yes. They're like, you're the sidekicks and you're teenagers. <laughs> you can be a Teen Titan. Yeah. Whereas Young Avengers is like, randomly Kang the Conqueror's <laughs> teen self has come back into the past. He's found a wrecked version of Vision. And he has found relatives to these people, but none of them actually know that they're relatives. And then Kate Bishop is there randomly giving money just to be like, hi, y'all suck. So I'm here. I'm awesome. And I have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Do you think Bruce Wayne pays for everything for the Teen Titans? A good question. I'm not sure. I'm sure he just funnels money into fucking Robin's trust fund. Well, like, so they have that. They also have fucking Green Arrow, who's got buckets of money. There's a lot of people in DC who are not Bruce Wayne rich, but rich with a capital A. A couple of the very first founding members were Robin and Speedy, so... I don't know that The Flash has anything like that. No, they don't have any money. Are you fucking kidding? Wally West is fucking poor. I love, I love Wally so fucking Not, much. Yeah, I, I love, love the West, but they don't have a lot of money. No, of course. Well, I'm like, he probably would spend it all on fucking food. Yeah, that's true. He'd be like, I ate 40,000 Cheetos. I'm so hungry. Really, Wally West. I am also real hungry. That was that. Yeah. So, DC and Marvel... Young Avengers, Teen Titans, similarities are also the uh, obviously the counterparts of each other. Mm-hmm. I do like how the counterparts are a lot of times super obvious, but at the same time, like, drastic 
completely different, yeah. which is good. It's one of those things where they're like, we took this character, and then somebody's like, actually, we're going to make it into something. Yeah. Which doesn't always happen. No. DC. Mm. A lot of times you copy things. Marvel. Really goes both ways. It goes both ways. That's why I cut them both out. No. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all sometimes need a little more fucking uh, imagination, but sometimes you could. Teen Titans is a long list of characters that I'm like, I love a lot. I know. It's true. Young Avengers is shorter because it's been around a lot mm-hmm. less time, but I feel like when I think about the Young Avenger characters, the ones that stand out, I'm really like, like, what Teen Titans, mean? I have a lot of them. Oh, There's oh, a lot of them. stand out, you're like... But the ones that stand out in Young Avengers yeah. are, like, really intense. Like, my kids are like, queer couples. Yeah, exactly. My fucking Kate Bishop. Yeah, Kate Bishop. to um, Miss America and yeah, all. Like, there's a fucking yeah. dollar and a half. So there might not be as many, but there's a lot of feelings. But there's so many feelings all throughout Teen Titans because there's so many good ones. So much history there. Oh, there's so many good ones. Yeah. All right, anyways, me and Martha are having a lot of feelings, yeah. but we need to eat pizza, so we are going to sign out here, episode 21, so please make sure, rate, review, subscribe, if you're on Apple, definitely rate and review, if you haven't, if you listen on Spotify, make sure you subscribe, we're also on the ESO network, so check that out, as well as everyone else. Send us an email. What's our email, Martha? But first, let's talk nerdy at yahoo.com. And make sure you follow us on Instagram. But first, let's talk nerdy. No, you forgot the at. <laughs> you should fucking know that. It's Instagram. If you are on Instagram, you should know that. And I don't feel bad about not saying it. So, fuck up. But what is it? At, but first, let's talk nerdy on Instagram. I draw a lot of fucking pictures. So, like, yeah, it's real cute. And one last side note, because it didn't come up today. Norman Osborne pair? Chris Evans. <laughs> and we'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs> Send us an email if you want us to. Tell us who your favorite teen person is. <laughs> Just in general. All teen persons. Who's your favorite teen person? <laughs> This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.